What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Robert Ventulin. Gonna talk MLB baseball, particularly the Marlins and their winning streak of seven games. Gonna talk about the National League and American League all-star ballot leaders. Gonna talk about what the Marlins can do to get better. Gonna talk about the wild card race and just baseball in general, what's going on. Later, we're gonna have Jason join the show. Along with Nathan, we're gonna talk about the big NFL trade that happened today at Baker Mayfield. And some NBA stuff, and Kevin Durant still looming out there. Will Donovan Mitchell go? With all that said, what's up, Nathan? How you doing? Good, man. Um, exciting times for Miami. Uh, let's talk particularly about the Marlins, man. They're playing really well. Last week, they were seven games under 500. Uh, looks like they were about to be eight games under 500 until um, Sandy came out. And basically pitched eight innings of perfect ball. And Avi Sayel Garcia, of all people, hit a home run ball, dead center, 2-1 lead, and finished the game off. That was unbelievable performance. And quite frankly, that's what turned this team into uh, this win streak. What's your take on the Marlins, man? You know, it's, it's great what playing the Nationals do for a team. But not. to be honest, I mean, the Marlins are looking much better of late. I think they're... Um, Sort of this, this one-run bug that was plaguing them is sort of stabilized. Now they're winning a lot of the close games. Um, they really – they probably won't be able to totally equalize the run. these one-run games. Maybe it's just luck. I don't know. But I'll take it. This is a good Marlins team. It's a Marlins team that, to me, feels like a team that should be around five games over 500. Um, and th- th- this is the best they've looked probably since – the pre um the pre Stanton trade era um yeah. and honestly this right now overall when you consider the whole state of the team that might be better than that Stanton team was even though I mean when you look at the pieces on the Stanton team it feels like it should have been better but that team was always less than the sum of its parts whereas this team might um it just has more depth and um it's just, you're starting to see the Marlins of the past you know when they brought in those guys off the bench they would hit 205 this year, the guys like Birdie are really delivering. I mean, Brian De La Cruz is coming in and hitting game-winning home runs, and that was not happening in past years. So yeah. that's, that's a huge difference on this team. Uh, I think I saw a stat first time in, I think, 20 years of Marlins – or not Marlins, just the first team in baseball in 20 years to hit back-to-back uh, home runs in uh, previous games with two outs on the line uh, to take the lead. Uh, this team has been on a roll, as you said earlier in the year, they were on one game run stint losses. Um, and honestly, a lot of fans are getting frustrated. I thought that was a season people don't remember. It's a long season. Um, let's talk particularly about John birdie for a second. You know, he was on the DL or the IL, I should say, um, came back and he's rejuvenated his team. He's batting lead off. Now the guy's a stolen base machine. He is legitimately on pace to steal 50 bases this year, which I think is awesome for the Marlins. And they also got another important piece back in Joey Wendell. I think he's a key piece for this team. If he can stay healthy all year, this team has a real shot to make the playoffs. And this is all without Jazz Chisholm, uh, who's been hurt, uh, left the Cardinals series. What's your take on all that so far? I mean, John Birdie's stolen bases this year is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He's a 32-year-old <laughs> guy. I mean, he has a pass this year, still in a couple bases. He stole 17 bases in 2019. I mean, he's at 25 bases in 49 games. I mean, that's in a full season, full-time player in all those games. I mean, 164 at-bats and 25 stolen bases, that's, like, impossible. I mean, 
I guess and he should be able to keep it up. It's not like catchers are going to start figuring out to throw him out. They're ready to throw him out at this point, and they're not really doing a good job of it. So if he keeps on getting on base, he's going to keep stealing bases. I mean, if you give this guy a full season like this, he's going to put up Ricky Henderson numbers. I mean, I love <laughs> – personally, I'm, my, my baseball style, I used to love stealing bases every time I got on base. So I love watching John Birdie play. I mean, wow. For a guy that lasts 71, he, he really – He's never a great player. And for him to go from that to what he's doing now is actually incredible. Yeah, uh, you said it well. Look, um, another thing we need to talk about is he may not make the all-star game, but he definitely deserves a spot. We'll see if he gets it or not, is the play of Garrett Cooper. I think he's fifth in batting average. Uh, Just hit a home run last night to uh, seal the win for us. Yeah, six home runs on the air. He's batting 320. Um, this guy's had a fantastic year. I think the key to him has been staying healthy. He is a big piece for this team. Um, he is also a big key uh, for this, the why, why we're on this win streak. I mean, he is so consistent. Um, he gets clutch hit after clutch hit. Um, so stability in that lineup. Um, he takes great at bats. I mean, this guy has really turned into a good player. You know, something about Garrett Cooper, I never realized, and kind of so you're saying with the injury, he's always been a good hitter. I mean, like, his career OPS is 819. That's very good. I mean, he's not an incredible fielder, but he's not a horrible fielder. I mean, so with but a guy with that kind of OPS is always going to spot in the lineup. And you know, when you look back at previous years, I mean, outside of I mean, starting in 2019, which is when he became a regular, 281, 283, 284, 315. These are his batting averages. Yeah. I mean, those are good batting averages. This guy is a good hitter. He's always been injured and not been, been out of the lineup and seems inconsistent. But now if he's able to keep this up and stay healthy, this is a guy, honestly, going forward. He can be your first baseman for the next three or four years. I mean, poor player in a great season. So that's pretty exciting development from Garrett Cooper. That he's really kind of upped his game a little bit now where he's um, – He's kind of made an extra leap from that 280s range to the 310 range. So if he holds that the whole season while maintaining all the rest of his game with the power numbers, he's not the most powerful guy for a first baseman, but with his on-base percentage and his extra base hits otherwise, he makes up for it. I mean, 20 doubles already, career yeah. high. Uh, very well said. We're not even getting into the Jazz Chisholm part yet. I mean, this guy is obviously a superstar. Um, he's, he's really good. He's just a really good player. He does everything well. Um, he's been hurt. So when he gets back, there'll be a major boost for this team. Look. I don't want to be optimistic, but this is not being optimistic. Look, I, I think the Marlins have a real shot to make the playoffs here. Um, look, they are a, they need one more solid hitter, um, and they need a closer. Tanner Scott has filled the role very nicely, but I like to see him in the eighth inning. They need a guy that is just a dude on the mound in the ninth um, with some experience. Um, okay, with that said, this, this, this win streak has been very impressive, but – I've been saying this all year. The Marlins starting pitching is arguably the best in, in entire baseball. They just need Manningly to make smarter decisions uh, when to take guys out. But their, their, their consistent starting pitching is going to keep them in every single game. Pablo Lopez is really good. Sandy Alcantara is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Trevor Rogers is finally turning it around. You still got, uh, you know, Max Meyer um, back in the minors. You still have, um, you know, Daniel Castano. He's, a, he's a, I guess, a solid fifth starter. But these guys have dudes. They have a bunch of pitchers in the minors. They're going to get guys back. Edward Cabrera, I think, is going to be slated to come back soon. Um, 
yeah. So what's your take on it on teams going into the playoffs? Do you think they have a shot or not? Right. I mean, and we can't we can't forget about Lazardo either. I know. Yeah, Lazardo. That's like also a good point. He's on the IL. I don't know if he's going to come back or not yet. We'll see. Right. And so I, I, I don't know. I'd go as far as to say they have the best starting pitching in MLB. I would say they have the potential to have the best starting pitching in MLB, which starts at the top of Sandy Alcantara, who right now is the best pitcher in the MLB on NL or AL. He's, I think he's the Cy Young favorite. I know Corbin Burns has been very good. Um, but and Tony I mean, Goslin is Sandy Alcantara there. is pitching. Yeah. But I mean, Sandy Alcantara, the type of innings he's eating up and while maintaining an incredible ERA. I think he's around 180. Um, this is the type of season we haven't seen from a pitcher in a long time in baseball. It's an old school season. It's an excellent season. And he's doing it without striking that many guys out. I don't know if those numbers are going to increase or not, but um, it's something to, something to watch. Maybe he can get even better if he adds a little bit um strikeout flair. Yeah. So, you, uh... so that's something to watch from Sandy. Um, so the best staff starts with the best pitcher. Go ahead. Yeah, like you said, he just got to over 100 strikeouts last game. Uh, for the season. So he's been playing, playing really well. Let's talk about Sandy for a second. Look, um, this guy's unbelievable. He's arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Um, already Marlins fans are comparing him to Jose Fernandez. I don't think that's fair because the impact Jose Fernandez had with the Cuban community and his dominance at home was something else. He did it consistently for three or four years. Sandy's breaking out this year. So, but regardless, Sandy is unbelievable. He's literally kept us in every game. He's pitched now, I think, nine games in a row of seven consecutive innings or more. That's unheard of in today's game. Um, Doesn't what, happen in baseball right now. Yeah. What, what's your take on Sandy, man? What, what, how important is he to this team? I mean, right now, he's when he pitches, it's like the Clayton Kirk draw effect. You think you're going to win when he's pitching. You just add the whole I – mean, you look at the, the market, the betting odds, everything shifts. The Marlins look like a juggernaut. All of a sudden, the Marlins are favored in all these games and Sandy's pitching. We haven't had a guy like that since Jose Fernandez. I will say, Jose Fernandez is a very different player than Sandy. He, Jose Fernandez is more about flair, more about the stuff. Sandy goes about his way quietly, methodically. But you know what? Jose Fernandez didn't necessarily always make it that deep in the games. And they're just they're different types of pitchers. Of course, both the two best pitchers the Marlins have had in a really long time. Yeah. But Sandy just does it. Kind of, Jose Fernandez was very flair, trying to strike you out, all kinds of stuff, kind of guy. Yep, well said. Um, let's get to uh, the rest of the uh, league in the National League. Look, Marlins are three and a half games back of the wild card, um, which to this point is pretty impressive considering last week they were eight games out. So uh, they're making progress. Look, uh, you got teams like the Phillies, the Cardinals, uh, the Braves, all above us, um, the Giants as well. Look, it's a long season. We're only at the all-star break yet. We still got about 70 games or more to go. Um, you think the Marlins can climb into that wild card spot? Remember, an extra team makes a year three making in the wild card. You think they got a real shot? You know, if we had to catch the Padres or the Braves, I would say no. But yeah. none of those other teams ahead of us really scare me. So the Giants, having lost, I believe they've lost six or six seven in a row now there's so many games back it seemed like wow we're really falling out of it even if we win we're not going to make it and then the giants fell apart as we won all our games in a row so now you're looking at a giants team that honestly over the past few years has played well but really doesn't have the wrong all we have at this point we're one game behind giants okay 
So if the Marlins play good baseball the rest of the season, they should beat out the Giants, which leaves the Phillies and the Cardinals. The Marlins play the Phillies so many times that if the Marlins play well against the Phillies, they will catch the Phillies. So then the question becomes, will we catch the Cardinals? Right now, the Cardinals are five games over, one game under, so we're three games back the Cardinals. So to me, the question is, if the Marlins play good baseball the rest of the year, will they play three games? So really all they have to do to make the playoffs is play good baseball and maybe have the Cardinals play 500 ball, which is possible. I'd say there's a 70% chance to play good baseball and maybe a 50-50 shot the Cardinals play 500 ball. Give me a 35% chance the Marlins make the playoffs. Yeah, well said. Also, look, uh, after the Mets series, which is after the Angels series, they're playing the Mets for four. After that, their schedule gets pretty easy. They're playing the Reds, the Pirates. Um, they play a lot of teams under 500 going forward for a while. Um, they have some. They have a real chance to make some damage uh, in the standings. Look, the Phillies just lost Bryce Harper for the foreseeable future. I'm not going to say he's out for the year. There was reports he'll come back in eight weeks or so. Doubt it, but we'll see. Um, and the Giants are on a losing streak. They don't really have a superstar player. I mean, they have a good pitching. Logan Webb's out there. Um, Cardinals, look, they're really good. Um, they play good baseball. I think they're actually going to win the division, so it really leaves us down to the Brewers. Brewers at times are inconsistent. They have an eight-game losing streak this year. So um, long season ago, a little bit early, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk about um, the American League for a second, the Ameri American League standings. Uh, so, look, Boston, Tampa, and Toronto are all – in the wild card spot with the Yankees, Houston and Minnesota leading the division um, right behind them is Cleveland and Seattle and the white Sox uh, four games, three and a half, three. So do you see Boston, Tampa and Toronto clinching the wild card? Or do you think a team like Cleveland, Seattle or Chicago white Sox can creep in there and get a wild card spot from one of those other teams? You know, it is too hard for three teams in one division to be all three wild card slots. They simply yeah. play each other too many times. And to be honest, the Orioles aren't that bad this year. I mean, the Orioles are kind of, they're staying afloat. They're live, like six games under 500. despite having to play in that brutal division. They're going to take games off these teams. These teams have to play each other too much. There's, these five teams are so much better than the rest of the AL, except for maybe the Twins and the Astros. Um, but it, it's just too hard for all these teams to win that one of them at least is going to drop out um whether that's the rays the red sox or the blue jays i honestly don't know i don't think it'll be the red sox that drops out i think it'll be one of the rays or the blue jays um but one of them's going to drop out and I, I, maybe the mariners push for that spot i, I i'm really i'm not sure but I, I think the mariners are trending in the right direction and to me they're the team that has the best chance to push for that spot yeah um i agree with you look um Seattle has talent. They obviously have probably rookie of the year and Julio Rodriguez. They have a good pitching staff. Uh, they lost Ty France, which was a big loss, but I think he's going to come back at some point this season. Um, look, Tampa Bay, I don't know how they do it, but they seem to be winning every year for the lowest payroll in baseball. I think that's going to continue. Toronto obviously has a lot of talent. Sometimes they don't put it together in every game. Uh, and Boston, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to stay the way it is. Maybe, maybe Seattle creeps up. We'll see. But uh, yeah. There's like I said, there's plenty of baseball to still go around. So um, we'll see. Look, let's talk about the NL and AL um, MVP ballot or not MVP ballot. Sorry. All-star ballots. Um, okay. So we'll start with the NL. Um, it was announced that Ronald Acuna was the highest vote getter. So he's automatically the starter. 
Uh, the way it's shaping out now is Jock Peterson and left field, which is a bit of a surprise. He was a free agent. Uh, no one really wanted him. San Francisco gave him a $6 million deal. He's turned out to be awesome for that team. Uh, Mookie Betts and Wright, who's missing time right now, but he's probably going to clinch that. Then we have Machado at third base, Turner at shortstop, Marlins superstar Josh Chisholm at second, and Paul Goldschmidt at first, who rightly deserves that. Um, is there anyone that I said that is currently slated to start that you think should get a second look for somewhere else? You know, right now, um, Jazz is holding off Ozzy Albies, and I think if he was healthy, he would easily keep that spot, especially with the fan interest around him. If he doesn't come back soon, I wonder if Albies is going to pass him. Um, it's a very close race. Um, it's hard to really say who's better than the other. They're both excellent. Um, I would favor Jazz this season, but it's going to depend on whether or not Jazz can come back. Other than that, I think Paul Goldschmidt's been like the best hitter in baseball. Um, I think Wilson Contreras is a clear choice of catcher. Um, third base is, is clearly Manny Machado. Short I would like to. Dansby has a kind of strong argument to overtake Jay Turner. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to make you a case for Manny Machado. Look, I think he's an awesome player. But I think Nolan Arenado should get some serious consideration as well. He'll probably be a reserve, but uh, I think it's a little closer than people think. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and also your point to Ozzy Albies over Jazz. I do believe he was healthy. Ozzy Albies would be starting because, Jazz, I mean, Braves fans are notoriously famous for voting in the All-Star game. I mean, Adam Duvall is one of the reserves that's probably going to get on. He's only betting 200. So I definitely agree with uh, if Ozzy was healthy, he would start over Jazz. Um, but to your point, keep going. Um, right. Well, I'm, I'm saying, um, right. I, I, I was saying Dansby Swanson, especially as you're talking with the Braves fans, he's been playing so well. I wouldn't be surprised over to Trey Turner. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, um, Trey Turner's obviously. And, awesome. and, and as far as, and as far as the jazz situation, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either. Cause like again? I said, like I said earlier, Braves fans are very famous for, uh, voting, uh, Braves players, um, over any, any other fan right. base. And, and, and- Right. And, and what I mean with Jazz there is Jazz is not going to get Marlon fan votes to carry him. So if he's not playing, people are going to stop voting for him. That's why I'm saying we're as Albies will pass him. Um, right. But nice. okay. So in the DH lot, of course, Bryce Harper. Um, but he's, he's hurt. He, so even though he's hurt, he's yeah, done. Maybe, maybe but Garrett he, Cooper can slide into that spot. Maybe Garrett Cooper can slide into that. I would love that. But uh, right but. now, uh, Garrett Cooper is <laughs> so far back of Bryce Harper in the voting. I mean, if you look at the guys in the voting, there's no reason why Garrett Cooper shouldn't be on top, to be honest. You got Bryce Harper, William Contreras, Albert Pujols, Mac, Max Muncy, J.D. Davis, Luke Voigt, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Max Muncy has been so bad this year. Albert Pujols, I mean, that's just a legacy pick. William Contreras is the Braves fan. Bryce Harper's hurt. And so that leads you to J.D. Davis, Luke Voigt, Nelson Cruz, and Wilmer Flores. I mean – Gary Cooper's outplaying all those guys. This season. I, I, I do so agree. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Our pools gets the nod of DH since it's his last year and he's a legend in baseball. So I wouldn't rule that out either. I would, I would be okay with that too. Yeah. Um, um, so now the outfielders, ahead. you got Mookie Betts at one and Ronald Acuna at two and then Jock Peterson at three. I'm going to skip all the way down to 13, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, he deserves a nod. I mean, Kyle Schwarber right now just had one of the best months any you'll see from anybody. This guy needs to be in serious consideration for the third spot. I think yeah. it should be Betts, Acuna, and Schwarber. Every other day he's hitting a home run. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, 
We had every other day. Every day he's a home run. We couldn't agree more. Look, a catcher, Wilson Contreras, looks like he's going to get that by a landslide. Um, okay, let's talk about starting pitcher. Um, all bias aside, I'd be shocked if Sandy Alcantara is not starting. He's been the most dominant pitcher in baseball. Um, even the fans are recognize this. I'd be very surprised. I think the manager gets the nod on who starts, but Brian Snicker is in the division with the Marlins and he sees him maybe once a month. So um, I'm pretty sure he would choose Sandy to start the all-star game. I agree. Sandy bearing a catastrophe is going to be the all-star starter. Yep. Um, this is the most media attention the Marlins have really gotten since I can remember. Yeah, this would be um, incredible. Sandy and Jazz and right now yeah like you you hit it man this would be incredible the marlins have two starters um in the all-star game considering they're a small market team uh good exposure for them is always a plus they need it as much as they can get so um happy baseball fans around the world acknowledge how good jazz is and uh how good sandy obviously is um you want to go to the american league for a second yeah let's do it so go ahead how about you read the ballot we got sure. So the cat we got Alejandro leading from the Blue Jays, first baseman Vlad Guerrero, um, second baseman Jose Altuve, third baseman Jose Ramirez, trailed very closely by Rafael Devers, shortstop Bo Bichette, um, DH Jordan Alvarez, followed by Shohei Otani, and outfielders you have Judge, Trout, and Springer, followed by Stanton. Um, so I guess we'll start a catcher. Um, Alejandro Kirk is ahead by over a million votes. Um, 1.8 million to 600,000. <laughs> so that's essentially settled. Um, as far as first baseman is concerned, Vlad is going to get the start. Um, there's really no one else that yeah. can challenge him um, in the AL base right now. Um, second baseman, um, Altuve should get the nod. Santiago Espinal is very close, but um, – Altuve is clearly the superior player. Um, Still going, man. Base. That guy's Are deadlocked. Yeah, Altuve is still going. He is amazing. But yeah, so we got Jose Ramirez and Devers in a in a deadlock. Oh, um, Ramirez has been the better player this season, but Devers is also excellent. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see it go either way. What do you think? I think Devers is probably going to end up winning that because he plays in Boston in a bigger market, and I think the fan voting is a big deal for him. So I think. Even though I think Jose Ramirez is having the better season, barely, I think uh, Devers is probably going to get in due to the fan vote. Right. And, I, and I, I agree with you there. I think that will be what happens, which is a shame because Jose Ramirez is one of the most underappreciated players in baseball. I, I totally but agree. He's, I, I he's a top 10 player. I mean, he's really good. He really is. He'll probably be the best non-starter. Yep. Um. So at shortstop, you got Bo Bichette, Tim Anderson, and Xander Bogarts all very close. Um, for me, it should probably be Bo Bichette, but I wouldn't be surprised to see any of them win. Yeah. Um, um, I think Bo Bichette's yeah, going as, we move as well. To DH, right. And, and as we move to DH, um, Jordan Alvarez having ahead of Shohei Otani and is and to beat out Shohei Otani in a popularity contest is a hard thing to do and that's just a testament how yeah. great Jordan Alvarez has been this year um and in the outfield Corey Trout at number two I mean Mike Trout's just gonna make it because he's Mike Trout the number three spot though <laughs> there's gonna be a pretty big competition you got George Springer you got Giancarlo Stanton Taylor 
the reward is like Byron Buxton further down. Even Julio Rodriguez is a little bit further down the ballot, but he's got some fan support. Who are you thinking? Um, look, Julio Rodriguez is a nice story. Good rookie. I don't think he's going to start. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard. I think uh, winning is a big priority, and I think uh, Canada has his own country. I think uh, George Springer is going to get the nod there, and I think he's going to start. All right. Not necessarily do I agree with it. I just think fan voting is a big deal in this, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I think Springer is. And then right field is not even a question. It's Aaron Judge. Right. So, um, right. yeah. Um, those who, are our all-star. Go ahead. The, uh, starter who do you think is going to be the al starter Ooh, that's a good question um i mean is nestor cortez still uh the favorite i mean i know he's pitching uh cy young stuff right now i wouldn't be surprised if he starts or Garrett i don't know Cole. um it could be either one of them. I think it's going to be one of those Yankees because they're just such a big fan base there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately down to the manager, but one of those two will start, in my opinion. Um, who, who's, the, who's the manager in the AL? Do you know? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have to get back to you on that. I have no idea. Okay, no problem. I think it's Dusty Baker. That's what I think it is. Yeah, it is Dusty oh, Baker. It is Dusty Baker. Yeah, it's the World Series guys. Oh, because oh, it's the World Series managers. Okay. Got it. So yeah. Dusty Baker then. So yeah, may, maybe honestly, he might go with Verlander. Oh yeah. Choosing your own guy. I wouldn't blame him. We'll yeah, see. and he deserves it too. He's he's also in the, the running for Cy Young. He's, he's been aging like fine wine. Um, yeah, those are our baseball oh, ballots. Cut out. Oh, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Hey, you cut out. Yeah, I agree. So, look, Justin Verlander is probably going to get the nod from Dusty Baker. That's fine. Um, the American League stacked. Obviously, it's been stacked for years. Usually, they win the, the All-Star game all, almost all the time. The talent has obviously always been better on the American League for some reason. Um, any other takes on the American League, Nathan? No, I think we've covered it pretty well. I think, I think we got a pretty good uh, All-Star selection team going there. Yeah. Um, overall, look, it's going to be an exciting time to be a Marlins fan. Um, we've obviously gone through a lot of down years, but, uh, before we go, is there any surprise team that you think can make a run from each side NL and AL that could potentially sneak into the playoffs? Well, you know, from the NL, that surprise team kind of is the Marlins, but yeah. if, if we're not including the Marlins here, um, uh, really kind of everyone's as expected. The one team that I think was the big surprise was the Mets and how good they are. Phillies yeah, um, finally putting everything together because they should be this good. But the fact that they are now good and winning all these games, it's not surprising, but it, it hasn't happened in previous years. So I think that's um, something to look out at. Yeah. But yeah, so I'd say really it's not a surprise anymore, but the Mets, if you want, if you want one answer. Sure. Okay. Um, a team that I could see making a run in the AL. I know, I know they're not playing well. I know that the, but look, they still have two of the top five players in the world, Shohei and Mike Trout. I wouldn't be surprised to make a second half run. Uh, they don't if they go out and get a pitcher, um, they could potentially sneak into the wild card. Because look, to make up eight games, I mean, any team can go on a win streak. Look at the Marlins; they they, they just won seven in a row, looking to go eight. 
So that would be my surprise team from the AL. But overall, we went over the ballot and everything. Any other surprises from the AL you think that could happen? I think the Angels is a great pick. Um, that, that would definitely qualify as a surprise, even though their roster is so good at this point, they never put it together. Um, you know, instead of getting another pitcher, which they could get another pitcher, how about just only starting five guys? I mean, they have this weird six-man rotation that they're insistent on. Um, you, you, can, you can make your pitchers better by only pitching five guys. But if you, if you drop the five and add a pitcher, now you're really talking. Maybe that's what they need to make a change. I'm not sure. Yeah. The Angels, man, they, they never can put anything together. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Marlins just scored a run on Shohei in the first inning. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive times for, uh, well, just in general in baseball, but exciting time to be a Marlins fan. They're looking to make it eight in a row and uh, get back to 500, which seemed almost impossible last week. So um, good times to come. Uh, right after this, we're going to have Jason on to talk about NFL and NBA, and uh, we'll be right right after this. Joining us now to talk about the Baker Mayfield trade and uh, some NBA stuff. What's up, Jason? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Always. Um, guys, big news. Uh, I guess you can call it breaking news in the NFL. The Browns finally trade Baker Mayfield to the Panthers for a conditional fifth round pick. In case you guys don't know what conditional is uh, for the viewers at home, if he plays to a certain level, then it goes higher or lower depending on his play. So maybe it ultimately can be a fourth round pick if he plays bad. Um, but let's get right into that trade. Jason, what's your take on the Panthers getting Baker Mayfield? Um, are you surprised? First of all, are you surprised they traded him? And uh, what do you think uh, the Panthers are going to do with him? You think he's going to start? They say there's competition. They still have Sam Darnold there. Uh, they remember they also drafted Will Greer, the quarterback from Ole Miss. Um, so kind of a questionable move, I think, but uh, I know you're a big fan of this. Yeah, honestly, I, I like the move because, you know, I know the Panthers, you know, are kind of in the middle of the field right now when it comes to contending and stuff because, you know, they have a nice running back. They have some good pieces, but no really solid person as quarterback ever since, you know, the whole Cam Newton saga ended. Um, but Sam Darnold, you know, I can't complain. He's, a, you know, he's a, he was a high draft pick. You know, he's showed potential, but I don't think he's the key. But Baker Mayfield, you know, when he played in college, he was definitely showing, you know, he had the potential to be a nice player when it comes to, you know, the NFL level. Obviously, the Browns are the Browns. They're going to be the Browns, I think, the day, you know, that I'm not watching football anymore. <laughs> but um, it's just it's sad to see that, you know, someone who got drafted by them got treated the way he did when it came to the way they, you know, just tossed him to the side and then signed Watson to that big, you know, guaranteed contract, even with all the stuff going on with him. But um, I like the move for the Panthers. I think, you know, it's a good pick. Um, they obviously going to be a little bit of competition, like you said, but I think Baker Merrifield wins that competition, and he's going to be their starting quarterback week one. Yeah, um, well said. Nathan, what do you think? You know, I'm going to view this more in the context of what the Panthers have done overall for this. <laughs> and to me, while I like this trade in a vacuum, overall it makes no sense. I mean, if you look at it, the Panthers have now traded a second, a third, a fourth, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth to have their quarterbacks be Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Coral, or Matt Corral, however you pronounce the last name. And they're paying their quarterbacks a combined, like, what is it, $36 million this year? Yeah. A lot. So you're paying top dollar to have no decision, no decided quarterback, and you, you spend a ridiculous amount of draft capital to get that. I mean, yeah. at that point, draft a quarterback. Yeah. Something, something I will say is um, 
No, most people don't. They just see a conditional fifth round pick, and that's it. Um, the Browns are paying ten million for Baker Mayfield to go somewhere else. Um, so they're not paying as much, but still, they have three caliber starting quarterbacks. Well, the the jury's still out on, on Matt Corral. Um, their first, I think he was what second round pick, whatever it is. Look, I just don't understand what the Browns are doing. I know that Baker Mayfield didn't want to play for him for them, but uh, quite frankly, they didn't have to trade him. They did. Uh, look, that was a Baker, third round pick. Yeah. Okay. Third round pick. Look, Baker Mayfield has talent. Obviously, sometimes uh, doesn't play to his best ability. Fine, whatever. Still a serviceable quarterback. Obviously, the number one overall pick. Look, if you're the Browns, I think we can all agree, even Browns fans at home can agree, that Deshaun Watson is at least facing, best case scenario, half a season suspension. You need Baker Mayfield. Jacoby Brissett's not going to cut it. I can't believe they didn't at least ask for Sam Darnold back in return. They have all these quarterbacks. Um, from the Brown side, guys, what do you think they're going to do at quarterback? Because I think we can all agree, best case scenario, Watson gets to spend in half the season, looking like at least one year, and then uh, we'll go from there. But um, Nathan, what do you think the Browns are doing? You think they're actually going to roll out Jacoby Brissett week one, or you know maybe go get a guy and let's say Nick Foles or something? You know, I don't know what the Browns are going to do, and I don't know why they didn't get. Um... I, I don't know why they didn't go ahead and ask for Sam Darnold. The only thing I can think of is they want the cap space for something. And they might be saying, we're just not going to be that good this year, um, which Agreed. is kind of bold because the, the way their team's constructed. But they might just say, we're not going to have a quarterback this year, and then we'll have Deshaun Watson next year, and we'll be great. Um, and we'll use this cap space to get someone here. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, but I am interested, um, just back to the Panthers for a second, I mean, maybe they'll sign Josh Rosen and then think that they can uh, subtract Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield from Josh Rosen to get Josh Allen, and then they can complete the uh, the, the, the four-quarterback shot from the top 10 in 2018. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. Like, you don't trade for guys and try to put those together that are expensive, spend draft capital for guys that have already kind of shown that they're not what we thought they were. Um there's not too much of a history of that working out. So I, I don't go with the Panthers are doing. Sorry to go back to that. Yeah. But, yeah. Honestly, guys, like, I just don't understand what the Browns are doing. They gave a guy who was facing all these allegations. And now, look, from a talent perspective, Watson is arguably a top five quarterback. Lots of fans wanted him. But to give him a guaranteed $240 million for all the stuff that he's going through, and then just to basically – they basically gave Mayfield away. After all that, they have Brissett. I don't know what the heck they're doing. Jason, what do you, what's your thoughts on the Browns? I mean, like I said, man, Browns going to Brown. It's the same situation that we've been in for the past, I don't know how long, we were football fans. They just, they always seem to mess everything up. It's just, it's funny. It's like they have every chance they can to actually do work. They have a good team. You know, they put away around some pieces, but then they don't get that one piece they're missing ever. Yeah. And it's like, it sucks, but from a football perspective, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I don't, I don't see what both time, what both teams are doing, honestly, because the Browns at one point, you know, signing Watson to this big guaranteed deal, and then also, like you said, Nathan, you know, with the um, Panthers trading for another quarterback when they already have two on the team, and then the Browns not getting back at least, um, you know, um, Sam Darnold. It just doesn't make sense, honestly, from both sides. But I mean, honestly, the Browns got fleeced. They're kind of in a bad little position right here now. It sounds like they're going to tank this whole year and end up trying to get another high pick and then bank on Watson being back there next year for their starting quarterback. Yeah. 
And look, I'm not buying that the Panthers came out before, well, after they traded him saying there's going to be a competition. I'm not buying you trade for Baker Mayfield, not to start him. Um, Look, the whole reason the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold was to get him out of New York because they wanted to get his confidence back, his mojo back. And now they're doing the same thing again by trading for Baker Mayfield in the same exact position. Um, A little weird if you ask me, look, if they get the 2020 version of Baker Mayfield, they're going to make the playoffs. If they don't get that, uh, we'll see. I mean, he obviously had a lingering shoulder injury last year. Didn't play the best football. Um, I mean, honestly, Panthers had no other options. I mean, I guess it's a low risk, high reward. Uh, Matt rules jobs on the line. So of course he wanted to make this move. Uh, we'll just have to see Look, They still have some pieces. They have CMC there, arguably the best running back in football. Um, yeah. Jury's still out on the Panthers. Any uh, last words on this trade? It honestly sounds sorry to uh, for Nathan to cut you off or anything. It just sounds like um the Browns or sorry the Panthers are trying to milk out CMC's last prime because he knows you know the way he runs and the way he's running everything. It's not gonna be a long time before he's be like next Todd Gurley. I feel like where he can't do what he used to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean from a health perspective, he's been hurt now, but uh, from a talent wise, I mean the guy's unbelievable. Oh yeah, he can make, unbelievable. He can make make any quarterback look pretty good. Uh, Nathan, any last words on this trade? Yeah, it's two bad franchises with a lose-lose trade. Um, th- there's a reason they haven't won Super Bowls um, and they'll <laughs> continue to not win Super Bowls. I mean, they engineered a gr- the very rare lose-lose trade. And, I mean, it looks bad for both sides. And, honestly, it, when you're saying both sides got fleeced, I don't know what both sides are doing. That's when you know the trade should never have happened. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> well said. All right, so uh, those that's some NFL news uh, that happened today. Uh, NFL season's right around the corner, so uh, when that happens, we'll talk more about that. Let's get into the big news still in the NBA. Kevin Durant is still looming out there. Um, I think the Nets personally are going to take their time. Look, this is Kevin Durant, arguably the biggest asset to ever be available in a, in a trade. Um, Wojnowski came out earlier today. This could take weeks, maybe even months. Maybe they'll even bring him into training camp before they trade him. Look, this has a three-team trade all over for me at least um i just don't think there's any team you can straight up trade for that has enough of a package maybe the raptors but i just don't see him parting of scotty barnes at this point jason you you think there's going to be a one-one trade with just one team or you think there's gonna be a three team do you th- even think kevin durant's going to get moved before the start of training camp honestly now the way it's looking like I, it, it seems to me like they're both Kyrie and kd are going to be on the nets when the season starts because no teams at, at this point no teams really have what the Nets would be, I guess, you know, offering unless it was a really, you know, bad team, I would say. But the contenders that KD want to go to really can't put that package together, I feel like, because it's going to pretty much mortgage their whole team for them, and then they're not going to be able to contend anyways. Yeah, uh, well said. Nathan? Yeah, and so they're talking today about how the Nets are looking for a, not a three-team, a multi-team, which includes three, but they would say, they're kind of saying multi-team trades. I think the Nets are looking bigger. I'm just waiting for them to get to my five-team package, and then they'll figure things out. Yeah. (laughs) But but until until then, um, you know, I I do think KD gets traded. I think all this stuff that's coming out is negotiating tactics from the Nets. They're trying to say, we only want the best offer of all. Today they said, we want the biggest trade of all time. Yeah. Okay, that's great. You want that, but you also want – the whole point is the Nets don't want any more dysfunction. They were talking about how they do anything to not to deal with last year again. There is no way they bring these guys into training camp. You're going to sabotage your next season as well. The GM doesn't want to deal with this at all. The whole team doesn't want to deal with these guys anymore. They want them out of there. They're just trying to maximize the return. It's good negotiation strategy. 
they're trying to get teams to come up with thinking bigger, thinking bigger packages, but eventually someone's going to come to them with something. People want Kevin Durant and the, the, the Nets are going to have to take something because they don't want to let this get too late. And I think teams recognize that the Nets don't want to let this, want to let this get too late. Yeah. Um, well said, look, the, the Nets signed TJ Warren and they traded for Rose O'Neal. Uh, honestly, guys, I don't know what this team is doing. It's, it's like, it's like, they're it's almost as if they're trying to build around him, but they're collapsing at the same yeah, time. It's kind of weird. It's it's weird. Look, TJ Warren was a really nice get for, you know, a competitive, you know, contending team. I don't think the Nets are going to be contending anytime soon. They'll be a playoff team next year because of what they're going to get back in return. But those are guys you sign if you're really contending. Like, you're going to give up a future first to get a Royce O'Neal. That's a, that's a move you make if you're going to – for potentially making the finals. I don't get what they're doing. Um, Nathan said it last podcast. I think Sean Mark should be fired today. I don't know what the heck he's doing. Agreed. Um, guys, what, what's your take on these moves? Maybe I'll let Nathan go first. Yeah. Maybe they're just waiting it out and they're going to say, we got this incredible deal. We'll do it. But at the same time, think about it. Maybe they're also showing Kevin Durant how much they value him by not just trading him for anything. Um, and maybe they're thinking if we wait long enough and we start making these moves around Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant will look around and be like, well, crap maybe i'll stay My best chance to win a championship is to stay right here yeah that, that's what i'm kind of leaning on right now why i say i think they're going to be there next season because just based on the move the nets have made you know it just seems like they're obviously trying to do something to at least contend or and if they can get that piece like robert said where they can get a nice little bank back for kevin durant they'll take it where they can still contend but if they're not going to get that i think they're going to bank on trying to hold them on for one more year maybe they'll deal with this foolishness for one more year but then you know just go from there but it seems to me like obviously Kyrie Irving is going to play next year. I think he is. I mean, based on everything that's going on with the trade and stuff, I think he'll end up playing, but it just seems like it's inevitable. They're going to, you know, end up staying on this Nets team because no one's going to really offer what the Nets are wanting. And we yeah. just saw the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, not the exact same thing, but it's similar. Yep. Back off their trade demand. So exactly. Yeah. We'll see. Look, um, interesting times in Brooklyn. Um, I'm sure everyone around the world has seen all the Kevin Durant news. I mean, there's not much more to talk about this. We're just going to have to wait and see at this point. Um, let's talk about the Miami Heat for a second. Um, a lot of Heat fans are still a little disappointed. We haven't gotten the quote-unquote big whale. Um, but they did make some key signings. I'm very happy that they re-signed Caleb Martin to a three-year deal. Fully guaranteed. Don't have to worry about him. Deal too. Yeah, I think he took a pay cut to come back. You know, we gave him a real shot to be successful here, and now he uh, returned the favor by giving us a little bit of a discount, I think. As I said earlier, they re-signed Oladipo to a one-year $11 million deal. I think that's oh, perfect. You, sorry about that. Did you hear about the change in that deal? No, I didn't. Deal now. So let me tell you about that right now. Um, I just pulled up the tweet. Um, my friend sent it to me. Breaking news, guys. It's, it's actually good news for us so Oladipo's new deal with the Heat has changed instead of it being a one-year deal worth 11 million it's now going to be a two-year deal um, with similar salary to this season that we just had him with a player option in the second so it's going to give us more flexibility to um, you know avoid luxury tax good good that's a good deal for both sides because he can also test the market if he has a great year this year um so yeah but he can opt in for next year if he doesn't but he he cut his salary (laughs) pay a little bit for this year basically Uh, it's a one-year deal if he plays well so exactly um okay well that's uh kind of nice to know i mean look those are two solid players oladipo is obviously not the scorer he once was but now he's turned into an elite defender this guy might go down as like one of the weirdest careers i've ever seen he led he was like third in the league in scoring one year then got traded 
Then became got hurt, came really good scoring again. Now took LeBron uh, to seven games in yeah, the Eastern now, Conference Finals. Now he's <laughs> like this uh, defensive elite guy. It's like uh, weird, but you know what? Good for the Heat. I mean, they're getting a lot of value at Old Depot. They can even bring half of what he once was scoring wise. It's an awesome signing for them. Um, guys, thoughts on Caleb Martin? You like it? Guy's a good player. Um, for the for the amount of money we signed him for, thought that was a good deal. He he went for less than PJ Tucker went. Um, at this point, I'd rather have Caleb Martin than PJ Tucker, especially when PJ Tucker is going to be really old at the end of that deal. Um, so I think if he were picking between the two of them <laughs> and they got Caleb Martin for cheaper than PJ Tucker, I think that's a good deal. I have him. a might have a walking cane by the time he's done. I mean, <laughs> that's uh, he's going to be Udonis Haslam soon. Yeah, three, especially yeah, three, in, Phil- especially in Philadelphia when they're going to have him down there in the paint. <laughs> yeah, a three-year deal for thirty-year-olds for thirty-five million bucks is a is a lot of is a big a lot ask. of money. I, I like the pickup of Martin, honestly. It actually fits our nice need. We have need another like point, uh, pretty much another uh, PJ Tucker to fill in that glue guy role, and Caleb fits that well. So I'll take. Yeah, that. if you're gonna draw me a picture of the perfect Heat player, he, he's he's about it. Plays hard defense, scores, and doesn't bitch. So Blaine. yeah, exactly. Um, good for him. All right. Um, look, let's let's get to the elephant in the room here. Look, a lot of Heat fans have made it known to me they are very upset with. Uh, how Pat Riley has handled things, basically going all out to try to get a star and, and whiffing so far. Look, the KD news, it's it's not going to happen for a while. That's going to take time to develop. So obviously you're going to miss some free agent signings. Um, and then the Donovan Mitchell side of this, look, there's a history between Ainge and Pat Riley. I really don't think that makes much of an effect. I mean, if you get, if you get a good deal at the end of the day, you get a good deal. You take it, despite if you don't like the guy or not. Look, I think the Jazz are in the middle right now. I don't think – I don't know what – I don't think they know what they're going to do with Donovan Mitchell. There was a report out today that if they get the offer they want, they would trade him. Um, Pat Riley, 77 years old. I think he's trying to throw the kitchen sink to get him. I think the real, uh, I think plan A really is getting Donovan Mitchell because you get to pair him with Bam. They're both young. You get him for 10, you're, you're set for six or seven years at least. Um, and you still, you know, take advantage of Jimmy's prime. What do you think the Heat are doing? You think they're just going to, you know, low ball and hope Mitchell's available or maybe go after a player like uh, Miles Turner or John Collins as a backup backup plan? Honestly, in all out, I think their main plan, like you said, plan A is Donovan Mitchell. KD is a pipe dream, I think, for the Miami Heat. I, I, don't, think, I don't think they're trying their hardest to get Kevin Durant unless they really can just get him for a nice deal. Um, but Donovan Mitchell and, like you said, backup plan Miles Turner is a cheap, you know, option there. If we can't get any of them is the option. But Donovan Mitchell or bust, I think, is Pat Riley's plan right now this offseason. And rightly so. I mean, he, he, he look. He deserves it. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is, what is he, 24, 25, right? Yeah. Still a young dude. You, he's going to have, he's not even in his prime yet, I would say. And then now is his prime now in the next five, six years. And with a team like Miami, with our, you know, obviously the whole culture and everything that we bring, obviously Utah is a good, you know, base start. You know, they had, he had a good run with them and everything like that, but you saw, it's kind of burnt itself out there. The flame has run its course. Um, yeah. I think he needs a new scenery. And him and Bam together with the you know, veteran Jimmy and some nice pieces together, that's a great team, man. Yeah, it is. Um, Nathan? Yeah, I would love to get Donovan Mitchell. Um, I don't think Riley wants to give up what the Jazz are going to want for Donovan Mitchell. Same. I don't know if he's right in that, but I think – the, the, the sticking point here is going to kind of be similar to when we were trying to trade Hero for James Harden. Everyone laughed, oh, the Heat wouldn't trade Hero for Harden. Well, of course they would. But what the Heat didn't want to include for Harden is they didn't want to include the extra Duncan Robinson, the extra picks, and I forget all the all the case that was going There's on. There's a there. lot of other stuff, yeah. They wanted most of the team for Harden. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this Mitchell trade is going to be pretty similar where they want Hero, yes. But they're also going to want the guys like Struess and Vincent. And I think Riley's ideal trade doesn't involve Struess or Vincent. Um, and so now the, the question is, are we really going to hang on to these guys if we can't replace them? I'd rather them trade those guys because Donovan Mitchell is younger than Struess and Vincent. Right. I mean, that's the thing. But the question is, is what's Riley going to do? I don't know. But I think the trade that the Jazz accept involves both of those guys, whereas Riley's trade is just Hero, Robinson, some picks, and then – He's trying to lose that Robinson contract, but it's sad, you know, because I think he might have to bite the bullet and keep Robinson and trade Struess, which, you know what – do it at this point because if you have Donovan Mitchell coming to your team, do it. But obviously, Mitch, uh, Mickey Harrison hates paying luxury tax, so he's going to try and do everything he can to avoid that. Right. Here's the way I see it. Look, he were a game away from the Eastern or from the finals. Yeah. Look, they just need another score. Look, I like Max Drews. He's a nice player. I like Robinson. He, I think he's going to be a bounce back candidate. Look, those Maybe. guys are not taking you over the top. They're nice players to have. Donovan Mitchell is going to take you over the top. I mean, look. If Pat Riley gives up everything to get him, okay, worst-case scenario, you have Bam and Donovan Mitchell, who are both in their 20s, for the set for the next seven years. You can build something off that. Also, you take advantage of Jimmy's prime. Look, and something else about giving up stuff, Pat Riley is always going to be in the room with big superstars, whether it's Kevin Durant, free agency, trade-wise. They're always in the room or the conversation for every single player every year. I think they should do it and not think back. James Harden was a little different back then because Tyler Harrell just came back from, you know, unbelievable finals performance. I mean, he was quote unquote, really untouchable at that time. So I, I understand why he didn't part with him, but with Mitchell, you, you, I think you got to use every ounce of anything you got to get him. Uh, I, I totally as, agree with you hundred percent. So now kind of back to your point, we're, we're one game. We're one inch away from the finals. Yeah. Right? Be, uh, I mean, Struce is healed, well, right? Struce is here away from the finals. I mean, right now, we replaced PJ Tucker with Nikola Jovic and, and we had Caleb Martin last year. Everyone, everyone else is signed back. Yeah. It's the exact same team. We, we got Jeremy Bouye as an undrafted free agent. Maybe he'll be good. I don't know. But essentially, that's what we did. Yeah, all we so lost was PJ. We lost PJ and we got Jovic, who, by the way, you saw Summer League. He like, <laughs> he's a baller, man. Yeah, we're like going to talk name. about him in a sec. We're going to talk about the Summer right. League in a sec. So okay, cool, cool, cool. Maybe he's a better fit for us. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Regardless, that's about neutral. So the question is, do you need a huge upgrade to make the finals or look, of course we don't want to run it back, but you could effectively run it back and say, what if hero takes another step and now mm-hmm. hero doesn't fold in the playoffs. Cause we got nothing from here in the playoffs. Oh, if, we got, if we got the scorer from hero in the playoffs, I mean, we might be talking a different story right now. We, we might be, we might be at this game below our parade d- d- a month ago. Yeah. No, you never know. Uh, I, I, I will, agree with you. Nate. I will, You're not wrong. I will say this though. The pro I, I do understand your point. The problem is, Milwaukee got a lot better. Middleton's going to be healthy next season. Boston got a lot better. Philadelphia, I hate to say it, got a lot better. I mean, you also have to factor that in as well. The Heat, Agreed. The Heat, what, have stood pat. They, they re-signed some of the guys from the team last year. They drafted Jovic. I think it's unrealistic to expect them to make a big impact this season. Might be playing in the G League for a while. Um, I think next year is a little more realistic for him to be playing a lot of minutes. Maybe he'll, he'll, he'll play some gonna, you know, reserve minutes. I'm going to mention a name that we had mentioned before in one of our previous podcasts. I believe it was either Aaron or Malik brought this up. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes on Sacramento. He's an interesting option because, you know, Sacramento seems to be chilling. You know, they're not trying to do anything crazy. If you can get him for a nice deal as one of our, you know, 
forwards there as a scoring forward. I, I would take him for a good deal if obviously this is if we whiff on Mitchell and these guys, but this is a backup, I would say, with Turner that I would take because obviously you want to improve, you want to get some bigger bodies to score, but he's somebody obviously has proved that he's a consistent scorer. He can at least get you 15 points a game, I would say. Um, and he's not he's not he's bad, he has championship experience, he's on the Warriors, he's, he's yep. a good player. I agree. Um We'll see. Look, the Heat have options. Pat Riley's not going to strike out on everything. He always has a plan. Um, let me ask you one last name before we move on, guys. If if Pat Riley does strike out on all these guys, do you think Miles Turner is a good get for this team? That's who I would want. Um, I like him. I like him. It, it, I like the Harrison Barnes idea. I like Miles Turner more. I think we have a lot of Harrison Barnes-like guys. I think Caleb Martin is kind of similar to him at this point. Um, if he takes a jump, yeah, I agree with you 100%. If he makes a jump, I'm just similar mold of a player. Um, Max Struess isn't too different either from him. Um, but Miles Turner is something that we don't have, which is a big rim protector. I mean, Robert Williams was killing us. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he was playing great, and it was on one knee. Right. Brooke Lopez absolutely kills us. I'm so happy we missed in the playoffs. Last year, my least favorite thing to watch is Bam try to do anything against Brooke Lopez. I can't watch it. <laughs> so if we get Miles Turner to then go against the Bucks and go big for big against them, where you go Turner against Lopez because they're very similar players. Yeah. Um, and you go Bam on Giannis and then Jimmy on Middleton, um, Lowry on Holiday. Um, you know, as, as a kind of the big fours against each other. You can even That's, do middle. You can even throw Martin in on Holiday and then you have Lowry guard in their point guard. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm saying as far as the big four matchups. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Right. And then you can probably keep Tyler Hero in this case as well, just mm-hmm. to give you an extra guy there. I think the Heat finally with Miles Turner can actually match up favorably against the Bucks. I think it totally shifts the whole thing the Bucks do against the Heat, which is just sit Giannis and Lopez back and back. dare Jimmy to shoot up and jumpers and miss him and dare Bam. Very well said. Look, yeah, also, go ahead. also look, we also have to factor in Joel Embiid is in the is in. We're gonna probably in face him in the playoffs. Yeah. Look, if you have Bam at the four, Miles Turner at the five, you can collapse on those guys. They're very I, I, athletic, and I think it's a very good backup plan because. Look, I think it's going to take something like Duncan Robinson and maybe two first to get him. Um, and I'm fine with that. That's that, totally that's okay fine to me, man. Yeah. Like I, I've been saying, I've been an advocate for Miles Turner. I would say on the Heat for the past two yeah. years. I've always liked him. Robert can tell you this. I've talked about it before. It's he fits our system. And Bam to me, you know, Bam's a good player. I like him as center. He fits nice because it's a mismatch on the centers can't guard him on how fast he is. But neither can the power forward. Yeah, neither can the power forward. That's what I'm saying. He's a true power forward. He fits it perfect. And he can still do his pick and roll. He can still do everything. And he'll be chilling over there in that spot. And if he develops that jumper, you're set. And then you have Miles Turner there to clean everything up in the paint. I like that pickup a lot for us, honestly, if we strike out on some bigs, or sorry, the big names. But it's I think if we even had him last year, we'd have a different conversation right now. Too. Yeah, we would. Because Robin Williams would be, uh, you know, he'd have been negated a, little, look, a lot more. I think, I think, look, if the Heat do decide a running back and they just add Miles Turner to that mix, they could contend for a final spot next year. Because Miles um, Turner is honestly what we have to be thinking about is Miles Turner being the new PJ Tucker. Yeah. He's, he can shoot threes as well. So he can do the same thing on offense that PJ Tucker did. And our offense his feet has to fast. Nothing. He's just bigger. Get, and he can rebound. I mean, PJ Tucker can rebound, but he can rebound better. He's just bigger. And he's a rim protector that PJ Tucker isn't. And yeah. that's what we really need because Bam can be a rim protector, but he also goes out and guards guys. We need some kind of rim protector, some kind of guy inside just to swat away those easy layups they're getting, this, the stupid dunks they're getting. He can be the Hassan Whiteside we needed. 
Yeah, exactly. But more athletic <laughs> and one they can shoot on BJ Tucker and guys. Can, yeah. can, Miles Turner, I, I would be very happy. All right, with the additions, with the additions of what the Celtics did, that the Sixers did, and even what the Bucks did, do you think a starting lineup of Miles Turner, Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler Harrell, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry can make a Finals? I think so. Absolutely. I believe we match up perfect. Yeah, it's a good. It's a, that's a nice matchup because that's Robert just a team. That's just a, a good team, team field of dogs. And yeah, uh, exactly. With that heat culture and Eric Spolster is arguably the best coach in the NBA. That that has a that's a team that can compete, and I think Heat fans would ultimately be happy with that. And if we make that move, don't sorry to cut you off on that. Is uh, I think we, you'll see another piece come into the play, like it's a veteran on the on the bench because they will notice what we got and they will come. And look, you'll still have Harrell on the roster, and you can always flip them next year. Maybe include Ty, uh, Miles Turner if it doesn't work out, and, and get a Donovan Mitchell. So uh, the the Pat Riley always, always has plans. I'm not too worried about it. Um, that's the way I see it. They're going to get one of those guys. I believe they're either going to get Collins or Miles Turner as plan C. Uh, I think Kevin Durant is, like Jason said earlier, it's a pipe dream. I don't want to give up our whole team to get up one guy. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell is obviously the big fish, and we'll see what Danny Ainge does. I wouldn't rule that out yet because I do believe the Jazz are rebuilding. So um, that's, our, that's my take on it. Do any of you guys have anything to say on that? You mentioned Collins. Um, he's I would take him as well, honestly, as well. But I honestly think um Turner fits better with Bam. I agree. Just because of the way the system will work. Collins is kind of the same player as Bam when it comes to paying a power forward that can play center, but Turner is a true center, I would say can play power forward as well. Yeah. Yeah, for um, me, Collins doesn't do as much on defense for us against these I agree, guys. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. It's the I, defense I for me. I think Miles Turner is is the move. And the other thing is I bet Collins would cost more because the Hawks. Yeah, I agree also. Yep. Yeah, as well. Look, the Pacers are rebuilding. They just want first-round picks. So I think maybe two first-round picks and a player like Duncan to match salaries would 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 be fine. I'll take it. Uh, um, all right, so our last t- topic that I want to talk about is the NBA Summer League. Um, I want to talk about the play of Nikola Jovic for a second. Um, in case you guys don't know, he was our first-round pick. Look, first game of the, of the, I guess, the Summer League wasn't so great. He played a second game and absolutely dominated, had 26 points, uh, five three-pointers made. He's been very good. Uh, Nathan, what's your thought on Jovic so far? Well, it's great. I mean, it's one summer league game, but I think I saw Max Struess was talking about earlier today how the summer league would help him with his breakout. Um, so some of these players, you know, they, they really try to get a lot out of it. Um, I'd rather see him play well than see him play poorly. And I know there's been guys like I think Kevin Knox a couple of years ago was like absolutely breakout star in the summer league and didn't end up doing anything. <laughs> so, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but you know, I, I'd rather him play well than play poorly. So that's yep. what I'll say about that. And, you know, three pointers translate anywhere. If he's making threes, that's what I want to see. Yep. Uh, Jason. Yeah. Man, I'm on the same side as Nathan there. I mean, he just, he looked comfortable, man. He looked like he was ready for the moment. He was just playing like he was normally playing, like he was playing, like how we played back in the day at, you know, Alex house back in the neighborhood, just, you know, fl- going with the flow, getting with the offense, yeah. getting with the defense gives him and just goes, he was shooting nice threes. I watched all the highlights and it was yeah. impressive. Like hey, he had those Dirk fadeaways, you know, had nice footwork. He, mm-hmm. he looks like he knows, how to play, doing. obviously. Yep. If, I think if he beefs up a little bit in the next year or two, he's going to be a nice addition for us if we actually keep him, which I hope we do because, you know, Riley's and Torres are trading young players. But I like these European guys that we've been getting because they they know how to play, man. They're not like they're some scrubs. They know how yeah, to play. Yeah, I man. mean, two of, uh, three of the top five players in the world are all from Europe. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, 
a friend earlier told me, and I'm surprised that he fell to the heat. I don't know how he fell that far because um, he was projected to be a top 20 pick. We'll see what happens. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Um, second thing I want to talk about is I was, I had my eyes glued to the TV cause I was just curious to see how it was going to work. And that's Chet Holmgren. I was telling Jason about it yesterday. I looked up the highlights. Um, Jason, Chet Holmgren looked pretty damn good. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. there was, there was a couple of videos of him getting back down, but you take what you can get, but defensively, uh, his offensive arsenal. I mean, the guy looked awesome. I hundred percent agree, Robert. He he was playing well. It, you know, obviously, like we said it's summer league. Like you know, he it's just you know it's not place the real talent, obviously. But he obviously the same thing. He looks comfortable. He played a lot better than I thought he would against big bodies because he was going up against a lot of you know people that were bigger than him, and he was actually holding his ground. And that's the one thing that a lot of people were saying he they don't think he could do because of how skinny he is. But he was shooting well. He had nice movement. He was facilitating. And don't forget our boy on the other on his team as well, Mr. Josh Giddy, showing out too as well. So there was yeah. a good good show out for the OKC. They have a nice future, I think. Obviously, with the picks they have, they can put some nice talent around them in the next few years, and they can be contenders. Don't yeah, sleep man. on them. Nathan, what was your take on Chet? You know, I like Chet. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> well, people talk about all oh, when he goes to the NBA. There's the big bodies. I mean, in summer league, we're not going to see too much of a change. At the end of the day, college has some big guys. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. Uh, the Canes uh, with Dwayne Collins and Reggie Johnson. Oh, I yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, those were some big guys in college. I mean, college has big guys. So summer league, it's not like you're getting Shaq. I mean, he has Taco really Fall big. on him and like some stuff like this. I mean, it's yeah, some I, big, I, big know, guys. There's, there's big, whatever. So yeah. that, that's all I'm going to say. It's not. All right. <laughs> much last, last guy I want to talk about. I crushed the Kings for, for getting him and not taking Ivy. So far, he's proven me wrong. But as Nathan said, it's summer league, and I don't take summer league too lightly either. I mean, I think it's whatever. I mean, there's been plenty of players that dominate in summer league and haven't done a squad in the NBA. But for what it's worth, Keegan Murray has been playing awesome for the Kings. He might be so far the best player in summer league, might win the summer league MVP, uh, back-to-back 25-point performances. Uh, he looks pretty damn good. He was arguably the best player in college basketball. Uh, Nathan, what was your take on Keegan Murray? And I think you just said the key thing. He was arguably the best player in college basketball. Summer league is arguably glorified college basketball. Yep. Um, so, of course, he's going to be good. He's still going against college players. Yeah. When he moves to the NBA, that's when we'll start to see the struggles that people may be projected a little bit. Not that he's going to struggle horribly in the NBA, but we haven't really seen the transition yet. He was the best at this type of level of players. We'll see what he can do against NBA competition. Yeah. Jason? I agree with you guys, honestly, when it comes to the summer league. I'm not saying, like, obviously, this guy's going to be the next, like, you know, top, you know, rookie of the year and like that. Obviously, I think Chet is probably going you know, to most likely be the rookie of the year in this class, no doubt, because of the way he's going to play on OKC. He's going to have all the talent, all the room to do whatever he wants. Um, but, you know, we'll see when it comes. Like, when he has to face Embiid's, Jokic's, you know, all these guys in the center of the league. He's going to be a big difference. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting season. Interesting to see these young guys grow up. I think the talent for the next few years, even just not kind of this year, just in the future at the next 10, 20 years, is going to be cool to see with the way the game is changing. Cause you know, you're getting some of these big guys now that can kind of like chat, do it all. He plays defense. He can shoot, he can handle the ball. He can assist. And it's, it's going to be cool to see. Yeah. Uh, well said guys. Um, look, obviously the debuts of Palo Bancaro and Jabari Smith are going to come up. I think people just like summer league. Cause they want to see these highly rookies that were taken high, uh, see how they play. Um, you really don't know till the NBA starts, but uh, overall, um, it's going to be exciting. Um, talent's pretty good. This might be one of the better draft classes we had in a while. 
Um, yeah, that's yeah. it, guys. That was fun. Um, when then more NBA stuff comes out, we'll talk about it. NFL's right around the corner. Um, lots of things to go on. We have a little mini break from sports right now. We have his. baseball so other than that guys it's been good talking to you um and uh yeah hopefully something happens in nba free agency or some trade happens with the heat or any other team so we can talk about it yeah man and hopefully some news breaks you know it'd be nice to get some stuff to, some more topics you know obviously i'm not a baseball guy like y'all but yeah I'll, I'll try and get on that next season <laughs> yeah for sure um all right guys well have a good one and uh we'll talk soon you too peace